worshipers of the living God. I didn't come in here to put on a performance and a perfection, hallelujah. We come here to love and worship the almighty God. And as we do that all together as one body, the glory's going to fall and the power is going to reveal itself. And I tell you, we'll be changed before we leave this house. He never done nothing but good. <laughs> the intent of the enemy was to destroy me. But his weapons, hallelujah, shall not accomplish or achieve what they were set out to do. It was always God that would send a man of God or the voice of God or the presence of God. Somehow, some way, God would always show up. Hallelujah, with his mercy and grace and compassion. Hallelujah, make sure that I can make the journey. Hallelujah, oh, there's been ups and downs and trials at times in our lives when we didn't just really know if I'm going to make it another day or not. But God always showed up. He's never too late and he won't be early. Hallelujah, because he knows what it takes us in the process and perfecting our lives and hearts. Amen. To glorify his name. When it's all said and done it's about the kingdom that we represent. It's about the name that we represent. And we're not as if, amen, by the trials and troubles of life. But in the trials and troubles we got an ace, amen. Hallelujah. We got one, amen, the author and finisher. Hallelujah. He knows all of our ends, amen, today. He knows every trial, every battle, everything you're going to face, amen, the rest of your life. He's got it already mapped out. Huh. And he can work it all out. He can work it all out. Oh, isn't it great to be here today? To feel the love of God and the touch of the master in this house. We want to say welcome to each and every one of you. Love God. Worship the Lord with us. You can be seated. Praise God. What a touch. What a good way to start a good service here this morning. Hallelujah. The hand of the Lord and the touch of the Lord. and Assurance. Hallelujah. He's never forsaken me. We're pronged. And subject to, even Job wanted to say, hey, what's this all about? I know I hadn't failed him. I know I hadn't sinned. I hadn't come up short. And, but you know what? And you know what? God didn't come down and tell Job. God did not. He didn't tell him the setup. He didn't let him know. Because when you trust him, when you got genuine faith, it's in those moments and times when you don't understand. And you feel like you don't deserve it. And those are the times when the real test, whether or not if you're going to trust God and have faith in this almighty God. <laughs> you see, our reward's coming. We are going to see a day, and we're going to see a time of eternal life. There'll be no devil. We'll have glorified bodies. There won't be no sickness. There won't be no heartaches. The Bible says there'll be no tears, no pain, and no sorrow. But until then, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. 
I'm glad I got a measure of a kingdom that taken up a bold in us this morning called the Holy Ghost. They can help us. Because he said, I don't want to leave you comfortless. But I come to comfort you. I come to be a peace to you. I come to be a help. He won't exempt us. Now he can. God can get ready anytime he wants to. Reach down and take us out of a situation. He did. David, Joseph, others. Pulled them from way back from sheep. Tended the sheep goats or out of the dungeons in one day. In one day. In one day. What an awesome God we served this morning. God bless you. Gonna let our classes go back. So good to have Miss Rebecca with us. God bless her this morning. Appreciate it. Good to see you with us today. So good to have a friend with Sister Alicia back here. God bless her. It's good to see her also. All the others, our friends. Sister Mallory, it's good to see you there. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Kind of had a little explosion here this morning, but that's the way it ought to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, that's what we come. That's the common denominator to come to worship and magnify and praise the Lord and let the Holy Ghost speak to us, move among us. I'm glad this God can be touched and can be moved. And he can, he can manifest himself, declare himself. He's a God that can be felt. He's a God that can be heard. Hallelujah. Amen. He's a God that can be touched and a God that will touch. Amen. Remember the message I preached one time about Jesus coming and touching in areas and situations that nobody else could. He could touch the unclean. He could touch the leopards. Amen. He wouldn't have to worry about becoming contaminated or polluted. Hallelujah. Not, not, not as God Almighty. Hallelujah. So I'm glad to be touched today. How about you? I'm glad to be touched by the maker, by the creator himself. What a beautiful lesson we got this morning. Uh, kind of ties in with some. Uh, even of this setting of this service. Hallelujah. No doubt we all probably can agree together that we're blessed far beyond above what we deserve. Uh, living better lives. And, and uh, God's been good to us and blessing us with food and raiment and housing. And even though a storm's come through and messed some of that up and caused a little difficulties and trials, we're still so much better off than many in our world today. That uh, some don't even have food to eat today. Some don't even have a pair of shoes to put on. And, and from, from, their, from their point right now, a good possibility may not ever. A man from where they're at and their leaders and what they believe and allow and directions they have chosen. And so God has not been able to bless them as countries and nations. And so, but thank God for America. America that's trying to, you know, still send out the gospel, send out the truth unto our own as well unto abroad. Uh, to let them know there is a God. There's a God that loves us and cares for us and makes a way where there seems to be no way. And he has a way of blessing us and helping us. And as he bless us, amen, what an, what an obligation, responsibility you and I have as epistles of God, as earthen vessels with a heavenly treasure, amen, to, to demonstrate that to others, amen. A lot in this lesson. I probably won't get to cover all of it. We're going to do our best. Uh, some of this may, may work against us a little bit in our grain. And uh, we will be focused upon, and I, I see a principle from the Old Testament to the New Testament uh, where it comes into the area of assistance and helping and being responsible in certain areas and what should move us, amen, uh, to act upon uh, these situations and to help. And uh, so there are some, some main causes and basic causes uh, so this the lesson is a good lesson. We're learning a lot from Nehemiah, the writings of Nehemiah, and uh, 
what he faced, how God called him, how God made provisions through the king. Even though he was a pagan king, God moved upon him. The Syria made that plain. He spoke how the Lord, the God of heaven, had moved upon him, placed in his heart to build a temple for the Lord and, and to reset it back up and go back. And then also comes along with Nehemiah and he's going to come and rebuild the walls and the gates. And uh, what, what, you know, in 52 days and things that were just, you know, no doubt the hand of God was there and how he was able to speak unto the rulers and to the people. And, uh, but now in the fifth chapter, we're going to notice that Nehemiah begins to write. And uh, I thought of this as I studied this lesson. I just felt uh, impressed. Amen. And, and maybe should say it in this morning. You know, some may have thought that after they got the walls built and the gates hung, that everything's going to be over. Everything's going to be fine. Everybody's going to be all right. Everybody's going to be living it up. Amen. <laughs> Uh, most all ministrations, regardless of the United States, wherever, they want to send that message out. We got the right ideas. We got the right direction to go. And everybody's going to be blessed. And everybody's going to be living better lives than they ever lived. And people's going to have more money in their pockets. And they're going to live in better homes. And <laughs> Praise God. Well, we're going to find it right here in Nehemiah. I can find it in the New Testament of the church. One of the biggest fusses and arguments you find in the very beginnings of the church was over widows and how they was being responded to and being treated fairly or not. Huh. And they tried to use that as a means and a ways to get the apostles, a man drawn from to prayer and studying of the word of God. And they said, no, this is not reason enough. That could have been very offensive unto the widows and those. Because when you look at it from their standpoint, well, yeah, you didn't have no problem. You, you was able to eat and drink all you did last night, but we didn't have enough. And sometimes when you think of widows, that means there's a possibility of children that may not have the resources for to sustain life. That don't mean that you've got to have the newest shoes and drive an automobile. And so we're going to talk about some things this morning. Let's get right where we're living, who we are, what we're representing, and who's our. Now we know the scriptures taught us because you know when you start dealing with some of this, and uh, first of all, we believe in hard work. God did. God, you know, worked six days creating and uh, the seventh day. And we know in a sense God never gets weary or tired, but the Bible called it to rest. There's a time that needs to be set aside, man, to come love and worship him. You set everything else aside. You can go look at some of the laws. They couldn't walk with so many things and do certain things, especially on the Sabbath day. If they, they broke those laws, it would cause them their life. It could cause them to, a man to be put to death. And uh, that was one of many things that would cause that to happen. But uh, as we look at this, we know it takes hard work. And, and sometimes with that in mind, and I'm telling you, I'm going to probably cross some of you just a little bit here this morning. Uh, but we're going to see a main theme of our lesson here today to help us as the representatives of Jesus Christ and epistles of God. Amen. Uh, uh, now, we all have to agree this morning that we have found his mercy. That we, did not, we have not acquired this. We didn't earn this. We didn't deserve it. We don't deserve our, our paychecks in a sense. Man, we don't deserve the lives that we live. It's not like we were just so awesome and mighty, you know, and we just made all this happen. No, there, there is a God that blessed and, and we found favor in the labor. And uh, we, the Bible puts it this way. We live and move 
We have our being by Him. In other words, you and I could put one foot in front of the other if it wasn't for Him. The devil could have his way this morning. He'd have all of us handicapped, destroyed, whatever, in one form or another. That's his attack. He's trying his best to destroy families, individuals, families, churches, and nations. Some of this is going on now is because the prince of the air is, is trying to destroy this as a nation. And the principles that this nation had been built upon. Because the nation, until you destroy the principles that it's built upon, you can never destroy the nation. You can go right on to the church, to families, to individuals. It's the principles that we have founded and built our lives upon. It makes all the difference in the world. And it's during the times of battles, times of, of famines, and desolate times. It's when these principles come alive and we find substance and strength and energy and life. Amen. To survive and to overcome. So, now, a lesson, the real deal of the lesson is, amen, to what? Free the oppressed. Oppressed. <laughs> Who's found themselves in a condition or situation. Now, we can open this up and go in many areas that what may have caused that. And um, sometimes it can be such as a storm we just had. Many, some possibly still, <laughs> still waiting on FEMA. Still waiting on the government to show up. They're still waiting on the helicopters to fly by and drop out food and water. Probably not that extreme. But, uh, you know, and that happened to a certain degree. Uh, we had somebody that gave us some water up to the hardware store and and, uh, you know, I tried to give it away, tried to get it, nobody took it, so I just set it out there on that bench in, in front of it. I wasn't going to haul it around in my truck, so I put it out there on that bench. Sure enough, right in the middle of working, had three or four customers in there, and finally two ladies come in there, and I'm not going to tell you, they were somewhere else, and uh, said, you mind if we have a gallon of that water? I said, ma'am, you can have it all. I said, hang on just a minute. And I went out there and loaded it up for them. They was elderly. They weren't really physically able. And so I held everybody up. We run out there and we jumped and gave it to them because it was given to us, so we freely give it. But if it wasn't being out, I'd still... You know, we want to give, want to help people in a time of need. And some, you know, if we're not careful, we begin to say, well, if they'd have done different in life, this and that and the other. But uh, the theme again is what? We found mercy. Mercy. Mercy from God. Paul says, I am what I am by what? The grace of God. That's what grace is all about. Grace is what we have that brings us into the place of finding mercy. Mercy, God. I, I don't deserve this. I, I hadn't earned this. But God, your mercy has shown up. And your favor has shown up. And you bless the laboring of our hands. What's the psalm? What's what the psalmist taught us? He said, unless the Lord's in it, they labor in vain. We don't labor for just ourselves. The writer comes on in the New Testament and says, Hey, that when it's stolen and done, quit your still and repent, get over it and get your job and go to work and then the labor of your hand that you can help others that's in need. 
You got to just focus on so you can supply your own, but that you can help others. And so, boy, this is, this is going to go a long ways here this morning, okay? And uh, uh, it's, 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 it's really, really is. Focus thought, God wants us to help those who are oppressed. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, there, there's so many avenues that we can take an hour on each one of them. Because when you start talking about oppressed, uh, by what means, and, and you know, uh, that can be a financial situation. That can be, as the, the lesson's about, food, raiment. Housing, that's the basic needs. That's, that's the focus. Uh, but even more importantly, what about spiritually? What about spiritually? They're oppressed. Paul talks about one area that he was called to deliver them that were in darkness. That they might be delivered from the devil himself, from Satan. Hmm. He was called as a, as a vessel. To help liberate and deliver them. Jesus Christ came. The writer talks about it. Full of the Holy Ghost. Delivered them that are pressed of. It's, the Bible calls the devil what? Blinded the eyes of the unbeliever. That they might not see or hear or understand the gospel. And so there's many avenues that we can go to. When we start talking about the oppressed. And our, the calling and the responsibility that lays upon you and I as individuals. As believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus Christ, and putting into practice, amen, the works and the response unto this Almighty God. Amen. Representing Him. Remember this. You and I are representatives of Jesus Christ, of God Almighty, of His love, of His mercy, of His compassion, of His long suffering, of His gentleness. And, and so we're going to notice at the end of the lesson, James' writings. And it's going to be, and it works, it works hand in hand with faith. Amen. The real demonstration of faith, to believe. When we worship this morning, the reason we worship the way we have worshipped is because we believe that, you know what? He is that supplier. He, he deserves all that praise. It, he, I mean, his best interest and intent for me is to what? Is to be victorious. Is to go to heaven. That's the reason he came. That's the reason the writer puts. For whosoever. <laughs> now they can come. Not just Israelites. Not just the Jews. Not just Hebrew people. But now a veil is being rent. Through what? That begotten son. Called Jesus Christ. That became the lamb and the high priest. Became the door. The only door. And now that you and I have experienced that. You and I have to also. Man by our works. That the rest of the world know what's happening. And watch this. It doesn't matter about the measure so much. And it, but, but I'm going to say this one. But it's sometimes just got to be more than just a willing heart. You know, a lot of people say, well, I, I'm going to pray for you and things of this nature. But, but sometimes you've got to be willing to get in the hog pen with them. I'm going to get you out of here. And the only way I can get in here is to get in here with you. First miracle you read about is because Peter reaches out with a hand. A helping hand. He could have just backed up and said, come on, man, believe it. Believe what I said. By the word, you can be healed. You can stand. But he doesn't stop there. He reaches out with a hand. Action speaks louder than words. Okay? I'm just giving you a little summary of where we're going. What's going to be about so, go back to the very beginning of thought. A lot of times we may feel like once we come to Jesus Christ, the mentality of a lot of people about God.
is only to bless me and to protect me and keep me. I don't deserve this when trials and tribulations and things of this nature may come. Maybe some of us felt like, you know, uh, I had a few, believe it or not. My son, one of them said, you, you hadn't been gone. That angel wouldn't went up to Tennessee where you had been down here and helping us. <laughs> We're just going on about that, folks. Don't take that wrong. So anyway, uh, praise God. But, uh, but uh, you believe one thing, I'm praying for him. I believe in that. I know we're living in a world. Well, I'm fixing to stir up a little something. This ain't the lesson, but I'm fixing to stir a little something up here. We got too many people just think, well, that was God's will. This ought to happen. Really? Really? We better read the scripture a little more. We are representatives. The Bible even talks about of the Antichrist and about the demonic portion of the power. The only force against them is what? It's the church. And if we can make a difference in the spiritual realm, we can make the difference upon this earth with the outcome of circumstances and situations. Why do you pray if you don't believe that? Why do you pray when the doctor says, look, there's no hope? Well, it must be God's will. Really? Have you talked to him about it? Have you interceded? It might have been God's will. But David had enough sense about him even after the passing of a son or before the passing. He was sick and going to unto death. But he still fasted and prayed. To the point the child died. As long as there was life. He said there's hope. I can change God's mind. I can, I can cause him to repent. That's a changing of the mind. Okay. So I don't get on all that. I'm going to do my best on the lesson today. Psalms 99 has taught us. The Lord also will be what? A refuge for those that are oppressed. He can be a refuge. He can be a place. And so that's, again, the church, you and I, as we, we as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ and followers of his word and his call and election upon our lives, we, 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 we give ourselves to that. I'd love to tell you it's easy, but I believe all you have to agree with me, it's not as easy as you think. Why? We're earthen vessels. Earthen vessels. And so there was a process. I have to work this thing. The, the focus verse is going to be found in Nehemiah 5 and 11. Restore, I pray you, to them even this day. Not a week from now, not a month from now. Because you're going to see as we go into the lesson, the dire need of the situation that some found themselves in. And you're going to also see the sacrifice that some had made. Just for corn. Just for grain. Just to have something to eat. says, restore to them even this day their lands, their vineyards, the olive yards, their houses, also the hundredth part of the money, which some believe was somewhere around 12% daily. And that, some believe, had to be paid on a monthly scale. They couldn't pay nothing else. You got to pay this. That's the interest on the money. We really don't want you to pay the rest of it off. Really, we'd rather you just pay kind of like them charge cards. They'd love for you to just pay just enough every month. So that $500 on that charge card, instead of costing $550, it'll cost you at the end of the journey seven, eight, nine hundred dollars <laughs> Tight, but it's right. Because you got to understand something about the God that we serve. 
his way of, of measuring victory and success and how we respond to life is different than how you and I and man measure it and look at it, okay? What do you mean by that? Well, when the little widow gave her two bits, which happened to be all she had, Jesus calls the disciples and makes a big deal out of it. She probably gave the least the way we measure. But the way God measures, she gave all because he measures by what's left. said, I'm willing to spend and to be spent. That means I'm willing to sacrifice my all. Physically, mentally, time, efforts. I'm willing to go to whatever extremes. But I'm going to stay. This is what the only thing that bound him. Was the word of God. Hmm. I'm going to walk to whatever extremes I can. Regardless, I'm walking among the Romans, the Hebrews, the Jews, or whatever, whatever group, whatever ethical group I'm walking among. The only thing that's going to bind me that I'm not going to pass over is what's written in the Word of God. There's some things, for, regardless of who it is, and it doesn't matter if it's a loved one, a friend, or neighbor, we do, we do not have the right to step beyond the teachings and the doctrines of the Word of God and try to broaden it up and make it easier. We're bound because this is the only thing that's settled in heaven. It's not going to change for nobody, for no reason. Under any circumstances whatsoever. Okay? That's good. If you think about it, I'm glad we're serving an unchanging God. <laughs> How you like to work for somebody that changes your mind before you know you get started doing something? They say, okay, do it this way. You just get started, you get going, gotta go. Hey, hey, wait a minute, I changed my mind. I said, you know, let's go this direction. Before you get good started there, you know. <laughs> One thing I always despised at working at Ingalls. Was when the boss would move me from one place to another in the same day. And I spent four or five hours just moving and toting welding lines and tools and all that. You know, I didn't, I didn't make the company not one penny. And I'm wore out and had none of thing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you go work on some jack up rigs or in some of them modules down there that's all that, and you have to climb those stairs 150 foot and up there, and you pull on this. And then when you get all set up, somebody steals part of your welding and everything. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and you know here it is getting 12 o'clock 1 o'clock and you hadn't accomplished nothing hey, it just works on you so anyway same way with some of this as, as we watch this really begin to unfold and, and, and watch how the, the, the word oppressed is mentioned some 38 times in your Bible man 38 times the oppressed God's in the business of delivering the oppressed don't ever think he's not even when you're oppressed as a, as a believer or as an unbeliever God's in the business amen to deliver the oppressed hallelujah so thank God that we have him to call on to help us but as we begin to get into the very lesson itself and begin to, to watch what begins to unfold watch this Nehemiah 5 and 1 and there was a the Bible says a great cry it wasn't just it was a great cry. There was a reason. There was a purpose. There was something that had moved the people, had moved them into a place and, and into a situation. You know, there's one thing making a mountain out of a, a molehill, but uh, it's quite a difference when it, there's a real problem. There's a real situation that needs to be dealt with. It's a, some real, you know, circumstances are going on that needs to be addressed. Amen. It needs to be dealt with. And so now watch this again. I want, I want to say this. We can understand because I'm going to tell you something. Quite a few years had passed 
the first uh, that had went out of Babylonian captivity and made their way back to Jerusalem was under Jerusalem. It was in 536. Then Ezra, 79 years later, the writer says 80 years, so 79 or 80 years later, Amen. Here comes Ezra, which happens to be the priest, which happens to be the one that was very anointed and blessed of God, had insight of Moses' law and how they ought to live and the principles they need to set back up and, and getting, going in the right directions and doing all the right things and rebuilding everything the way it needs to be done and things of this nature, the temple. And so we see some things unfolding. But watch this. Nehemiah leads the third group. Now, this is the ones the Bible talks about, the three groups. And it's 90 Two years later, after the first ones that were allowed and gave freedom to leave Babylon, everybody didn't leave, even though everybody had the freedom to leave. Everybody didn't leave. Everybody's not going to come out of the world. Everybody has an opportunity to hear the gospel and be set free and delivered. And there's greater leader than he that the Son has set free. Hallelujah. So, so as you watch this unfold, it's 92 years later. As we watch some of this, and he comes back and he builds the walls and gets the gates hung. But you know what? Some probably thought, oh, now we got it. We got it finished. We got it done. You know, and, and, but, but that's not true. Because there were still problems. Still problems with some on the outside. If you remember, go back in the previous lessons, how that he had to call those that was on the outskirts. He bring them into Jerusalem for protection. Amen. So you got these that was out in the tending to the olive yards. That was tending to the gardens and corns and places like that. What we would call rural areas. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to be one myself. I don't have no problem being called a, a country pumpkin or a redneck. It don't bother me one bit. If you think that offends me, you're crazy. Now, if you want to call me a Femi, call me a city, city slicker. I am not interested in going to one. I don't, I don't, I don't, God to ever even give, give, a, give a think that this boy wants to go to the city. I'm not interested. That includes Loosedale. When I say a city, man, I mean a city. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad Ben Brown, I ain't going to say that. Hallelujah. Because there's a lot of trouble comes with all of that. I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of heartaches, a lot of trouble. Anyway, here we are. I told somebody, you know, some of this stuff is going on. I said, hey, it's paying off to be in a rural area, even in Mississippi. <laughs> Praise God. We're not, we, you know, some of this we're going to be exempt from. You know, we're not going to be caught up. But anyway, watch some of this as it really begins to unfold. This cry was made. The Bible makes it plain of the people and of their wives against their brethren, the Jews. Now, this is some of our own, uh, some of our own flesh and blood and uh, loved ones and friends that ought to be concerned about us, our situation, our condition. And let me, for the benefit of, uh, you know, there's some things, uh, there's a possibility uh, that the rulers, the individuals, such as Nehemiah, in this situation, did not know anything about. You know, the idea that some gets, you know, that God, you know, he, he's a man of God. He ought to do everything. He ought to have been on top of this. And, and those that sits back in the corner, amen, mumbling and grumbling about it and saying, I can't believe, you know, that man of God, he's got this done, got that done. But here I am sitting off out here starving to death. I done sacrificed everything I had, done mortgage, everything I got. And he... But sometimes you've got to get up and get in the presence of the man that's in the authority, which happens to be the house of God under the fivefold ministry. You're not going to get nothing done sitting back out yonder and never come to the house of God, never come to the presence of God, never call on God, never submit yourself to the order that God set up for us to be redeemed and walk up right in holy lives. And I hope that's not offensive to anybody. It's just a God thing. It's not a man thing. Okay? And that's what makes all the difference in the world. Now, what's it? Even God set up government. That's the reason you and I are, are called to want to pray for them, that we might live peaceable life. God set this up. This is not all a man thing. Now, man's corrupted it. Okay? 
man has failed miserably time after time. I mentioned you Wednesday night about the call of God. And God's without repentance. He's still in the business of calling men. Even though ministers such as myself have failed miserably in that area of times. But you know what? God didn't change the methods. He didn't change the ways. He's still calling men to preach the gospel. Calling saints of God. Amen. Giving them gifts of the spirit. They spent some. You, you know if you've heard about it. You know the operating of the gifts of the spirit. Sometimes we made a mess out of it. Sometimes we'd be in the spirit. Sometimes we'd be in the flesh. <laughs> Okay, God didn't change. He didn't change that, that, that he said because this is what will work. That's the reason there's so many men that's trying to change what God set up to work. And we're going to do it our way. I'm going to tell you something. You won't get the same results. In this life or that one to come. If we're going to get in that to come, we're going to do it God's way. Okay, there's some things that we're limited. I don't care who we are. We're limited. But God's not. So, as we watch this and the cry is being made, for there were that said, we, our sons, our daughters are many. Therefore, we take up corn for them that we may eat and live. We're taking up just corn so we can eat and live. We're at this point. We're making it from one day to the next. There's many of us and it's taken all that we've got and everything that we can scrape up. And so, there were some more that came and said, we have mortgaged our lands, our vineyards and houses that we might Buy corn, grain that we might be able to eat. It's not that we're going to go, you know, we're going here and going there and, and whatever kind of trips. and No, no, that we might buy corn. The very basic thing to eat or to live or to survive. So, so we're seeing a principle here. We're seeing something being laid here. A serious problem that needs to be dealt with and responded to in some form and manner. And so as a cry is being made to Nehemiah, it's just being presented because you got to remember now. Nehemiah is the governor now. Others have done now. Nehemiah is the one in position. Nehemiah is the one who's calling the shots. Nehemiah is the one who can make the difference and the changing. Now, he wasn't the only one. You're going to notice that there was rulers. And you see mention of rulers and how he speaks to them. If you go back whenever he made the visit around the city. And when he comes back that night, who did he speak to first? The rulers and the elders. The overseers of the people that was calling the shots. That was making decisions. <laughs> Up to this point in time. So all of this is still in operation. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, how many of them was brought in? You know, the, the enemy, when they come in and destroy Jerusalem, they brought in certain people. And uh, that's, if you go back and read some of it, they want to get involved in building the temple. They want to get involved. I said, no, no, you're not up us. We're not going to let you, let you come in with your doctrines. What, what do you, you know, my, 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 my beliefs, hallelujah, is when others want to come into our nation, amen, regardless of who they are, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of any of that. And all that don't make any difference. But when they come in from other nations, don't bring your gods and don't bring your, your doctrines and don't bring because apparently it failed where you're at or you wouldn't be coming here. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying that even as a judgment, but what, why would you want to come over here and practice what failed you already? Why would you want to come and worship the God that already failed you? Why don't you come and see the God that's blessed this nation and call on Him? You see, so that's the same way with the same principles that's going on that's taking place as we watch some of this really begin to unfold. There are also that said, we have borrowed money for the king's tribute to pay taxes <laughs> to the king of Persian family. Just to be able, we had to borrow to do that because we was obligated to, to pay taxes. How many of you used to always hear you're going to do two things in life? You're going to pay what? Pay taxes and die. <laughs> Praise God. You just hear that all the time. You don't hear it as much because it upsets people. We don't want to pay taxes. We don't want to die either, do we? 
Thank God we don't have to die once. But we don't have to die twice. We're going to have to die once. I'm talking about really dying. I'm not talking about the physical either. You know what I'm talking about. You must be born again of the water and the spirit. Praise God. And to be born again, you got to die. And so here we go. Amen. So as you watch him, and uh, I know my time ate me up. I'm not careful here. There's also the said that we have borrowed money so we could pay the tribute. Amen. And that upon our lands and vineyards. So we can just keep enough to, to keep them. And that, that through this. That we're just barely hanging on. And we're barely surviving with all of this. I was Now watch the response of Nehemiah. Now, now let me back up just a little bit. Uh, 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 as you watch some of this unfold. And it begins to take place. Uh, he says, I am very angry when I heard their cry and their words. And then... I consoled it, but before I get too far into that, let, let me make a few things. The, the, the dearth or the drought, amen, that took place because that was one of the reasons some of this took place. You go back up to the third verse. Also, there was that said, we have mortgaged our lands, vineyards, houses that we might buy corn because of the dearth. The dearth was a famine. In a sense, now you watch this, it was a nat- national uh, or a nature co- co- result of a, of a dry. Now, I'm not going to go into all of that because we're going to get right back to that statement I made a few minutes ago. How that, well, it was just God's will. I'm going to tell you something. It's not always God's will to close up the heavens. But because of disobedience, rebelliousness, stiff-neckedness, there was times that God closed up the heavens and caused droughts, amen, to come. You could go to Ruth 1 and 1. It was because of a drought that causes a family to move, pick up, and go to the Moabites. And so our actions, amen, in these moments and times uh, plays a very important role to, uh, of, of, of who we're going to trust, who we're going to believe in, and things of that nature. And thank God in a way they've done that because they brought back a, a, a Ruth. But what, what all did they lose at the Moabites? How many died in, in the presence and in the land of the Moabites? A drought caused that. A national drought caused that to happen. Just like the storm that caused. What happens in the storm? All of a sudden we got people that comes in. It depends on the individual. Uh, if you had your insurance agency come by. Uh, some's a little more lenient than others. Some don't want to give you a nickel. Some of them want to build you a new house. Which one are you praying for? This is some of the time we want them liberals, don't we? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. You know why? Because it's our benefit. And, and uh, listen to me. See, that's, that plays a big hinge on a lot of stuff. It's because it's, 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 it depends on what side of the fence you're on. It depends on who's there and who's in position. And what the outcome is going to be. We all make the statement sometimes, well, if it happens to the right person, I bet they'll start doing something about it. And it also happens in times in people that's in right positions. A lot of stuff can get covered up. But there's coming a day for us all. So I don't want to get on that. I'm trying my best to stay away from all that. Uh, but anyway, watch this. Even Jeremiah talks about this, 
these, these shrouds. And man, it was so severe. He calls it, amen, that the ground. He said, they are black unto the ground. Amen. The cry of Jerusalem is gone up. It reached a point, a place, amen, in that moment time that even the, the donkeys and the animals, uh, man, they, they was blading and doing because there was no grass. Uh, I mean, they was, they was birthing children. Uh, I mean, the, the coats and all, and forsaking them and leaving them. And that's, that's against the nature of an animal. Now, we might do that, but not, not, not animals. Most not. Not unless there's something wrong with them. Two things most of the time either happens. There's something wrong with them. They're sick or something or way too young. Well, that'll preach now. That'll preach. And so, even we as a young nation was so often talked about and lifted. You know why? Because our forefathers built us upon some principles called the Word of God. The very principles that they decided, let's get them out of our schoolhouses. We don't want Bibles. Amen. You'd be surprised at people that is subject to offend. Do you have your Bible, amen, sitting out on the counters? Why? Word of God holds us accountable. If it's the Word of God and you believe it's the Word of God, then you've got to give an account for the Word. But I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God always outblesses everything else. Okay? The benefits of it, the blessings of it, the intent of it, amen, is to make us, amen, overcomers in this old world. So we can see, I just want to bring a couple of those things out to you to understand there are probable causes why these individuals found themselves in such a condition and facing a situation that they were facing. And this is a reason that you're going to see, amen, in the very next verse, amen, that whenever Nehemiah heard about this, he addressed this, it was brought to his attention. The Bible says that I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words, it caused me to become angered. It inflamed me. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, one of those moments and times, uh, you and I, you really want to rub the uh, good American blood, amen, is, is whenever you're doing things against children and elders, amen, or handicapped or deformed people, amen. If you wanted to rile my mother and one thing she put in us as boys coming up, if we was ever caught making fun of anybody because of some form of handicap and it didn't matter what it was, amen, we was fixing to get the beating of our life. And I never got one because we knew she meant it. So we didn't do that. Now, they put that in us very young. We didn't make light of people. We didn't make fun of people. In fact, and I remember going to school. There was a young boy there. A man, he went to, uh, lived out there from Basin towards Central. But if you didn't get out of his way, now he could move you if he wanted to. Son. But he didn't have no problem with most of us because 99 out of 100 would always, not out of fear of him, but respect to him. And we'd open them doors up. And we'd do what we can to get him help get him on. And, not, and he didn't want pity either. Now we didn't do it that way. We'd done it because we, we loved him. Man, he was just a good guy. And we, we, you know, loved him to be around. But anyway, just to give you an example. So here, if we're not careful... Amen. Because when we see somebody in need and we see somebody in struggle and back to the basic needs, which is food, clothing, and housing. Okay? That doesn't mean you've got to pay all their other bills and 
This is where now we can get debates here, can't we? Boy, we can get, uh, get in these debates because the world that we're living in now, because of the certain elements, amen, that's uh, made its inroads into our nations and handicapped us, uh, amen, and it's handicapping uh, families and affecting families. And you, you know what I'm talking about without just trying to be too, too blunt or too whatever, amen. But that's not the situation that Nehemiah is hearing here. And so he's going to address the problem. He's going to, you know, deal with it. He's going to respond to it and say, you know, what in the world is going on here? Why has this transpired? Why have y'all found yourselves in this kind of condition, in this kind of situation? And, and, and we understand, please give me the, the, the tolerance here and the mercy here. Amen. You know, you can't isolate every case and every situation. But, but let me say this, and we'll get there in a few minutes. I'm going to try my best, amen, to, to, to stay with it. Then I consulted with myself. You know what he done? What's the first thing he done? He examined his own heart. Examine his own mind, his own spirit. You know, what about me? What have I done? You know, it's easy to possibly judge others and condemn others. Uh, but to, the best thing to do is to examine ourselves. What have I done about it? You know, you know a lot of times people will say, well, they should have done this and they should have done that. And this ought to have been done and this other. But, but what have you done? Before you can really, you know, knock somebody in the head with an axe. You and I both had to examine ourselves and say, how much praying did we really do about this dilemma? How much, how much, you know, how did we respond unto this? I believe that even to the point of the president's election. Some channel this like, well, God's will, God's will. And I know, you know, we believed it was four years ago, but we don't now, do we? That's where we live. Praise God. But I do believe there is a battle between evil and good. And I do believe that there's a possibility that evil can win when times it shouldn't win. I don't believe in predestination individually. That no matter what you do, you're going to be saved. No matter what you do, you're going to be lost. I, I believe also that we come out of slime too. That's about how much I believe that. You know, we just start evolving. You know what the biggest problem I got with that? Why haven't we evolved from where we're at since we've been keeping history? History itself proves some things. You know. Now we may act like monkeys sometimes. And we may act like devils sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But neither one of them has created us. We're not in the image of a monkey. We're not in the image of a devil. We're in the image of the Almighty God. He created them. Praise God. Boy, you can open a lot of cans, a lot of things quick. It goes right back to this. It's good, common, basic sense. And it works. It works. It works. So, here he is. As his, he begins to respond as he dealt with himself. Examine himself. And then he goes, and now watch this. After consulting myself, I rebuke the nobles. Hey, this, this light in your hand. This was your responsibility. You know, something wasn't done right. Y'all mishandled this. Something, something just hadn't come together. Now, this wasn't the first time that he came to the nobles and to the rulers. Listen to what he says. I rebuke the, no, the nobles and the rulers. Said unto them, he exit usury every one of his brother. And I said a great assembly against them. Huh. Now, watch this. 
There are times, regardless of the circumstance of the situation. I'll give you an example. Corona. If they had a vaccine that they could all agree on and turn loose 100% right now, most people believe that the government ought to just give it to the people. You know what? Your president would love to do that too, and I think they will. I don't know. I don't know. Why? Because it's a pandemic. There's a difference. Because of the seriousness of the situation. Because we got people that are dying from it. And because of that, we're not going to let money, and as they say, we're not going to let politics, we're not going to let none of that stand in the way. Hey, we're going to work on this. We're going to put it on the front burner. We're going to get deal with it. And as soon as we can, we're going to put it out there. Why? Because people are dying. So sometimes the circumstance of the situation should cause us to show compassion and mercy and grace when other times we may not would. I believe sometimes God may test us. I'm not, you know, (laughs) I want to be careful here at the same time. Um, first of all, watch I believe we need to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Because I believe sometimes the Holy Ghost will prompt us to bless people and help people that does not deserve it. They waste it. They've done this. They've done that. But it's not about them. It's about us. It's about God's love. It's about God's mercy. Because I'm going to tell you something. How many of us deserves to go to heaven? How many of us earned it? How many of us have deserved the blessings and the favor of God and, and what we have in life? When we look at it with all honesty now. Because if it had not been for the man called Jesus Christ and going to the cross, we was in this world without God. We was in this world with even out an access to God. But God wrote himself in flesh and came and died and rent that veil that now whosoever let him come. And there's the benefits. I can take you back to Deuteronomy. I can take you back to Moses right. And I can take you back to Israel. As long as you walk right and do right and obey, I'm going to bless you. Amen. I'm going to bless your fields. I'm going to bless your homes. I'm going to bless that. But whenever you start turning for me and you start, that's where the battle with a lot of us is all about. Because you can't not, amen, back up abortions and things of these kind of actions, amen, and still expect the blessings of God to stay on this nation. And it's not a Republican or Democratic thing. It's something that goes far deeper that we have a revelation and understanding where our blessings really come from. And that's from God Almighty. And if we stay obedient to Him, guess what? He's going to bless this nation. But no matter what nation, and when they turn from God, they shut off the blessings of God. And the just has to suffer with the unjust. Like it or not. Because there are some good people that's dying in foreign countries over there that are good people. But there's some principles. Now this is the side of God that we, we struggle with. But God can't change. You show mercy and grace and compassion. If we choose the right, it opens him up. What's so... As we watch this begin to unfold, he began to consult with them. He began to talk to them. And, and, and actually, he rebuked them. He chastises them. Amen. Of what has transpired and what has taken place here and uh, uh, unfolded. And so, as he said uh, unto 
rebuking the Jews and said unto them, Ye executory, every one of his brother. And I set a great assembly against thee. And I said unto them, We after our ability have redeemed our brother the Jews. Now what's he telling them? He says, Myself and those that were with me. We've already, we blessed them. We, we've done what's this. Redeemed our brothers the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen. And will ye even sell your brethren? Now, what is this all about? Um, you can actually go in Scripture. I didn't, I didn't jot that Scripture down. Maybe I should have. But believe it or not, if you got in the right circumstance or the right situation, you could actually sell your son and daughter. Now, today there's a lot of people selling their sons and daughters, but for the wrong purpose and wrong reasons. The, 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 the one that Moses' law backed up was whenever they found themselves in a, a circumstance or situation and they could not get out of it, then they could have sold that, that daughter or that son. Amen. But there was a commandment with that, that on the seventh year, they would be set free. This was not happening. And I told you it was 92 years. And this was not happening. Some was doing their best just to pay the interest. Some, you know. And, and now their, 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 their resources was bound up. And they didn't even own them. And now they reached a place that they couldn't even redeem their own sons and daughters. Listen to what he says about that. Uh, he goes on. He said, you know, brothers. Also, I said, it is not good that he do ought to eat not to walk in the fear of the God because of the reproach of the heathen and our enemies. What's he talking about? I'm going to tell you something. Galatians writing told us, he said, when you see a brother bearing a burden, we have an obligation, responsibility to help that brother overcome that burden. Ever how we can help. Sometimes, maybe all we can do is pray about the situation. But if we're earnest and sincere about the prayer, then God will send the means to bring deliverance to the individuals or whatever. But there are other times, and James is going to talk about that at the end of this lesson, amen, when it lies within our powers and within our reach to to do something about it by our actions. And so here, as you watch them, as they found themselves, amen, bound. Uh, I believe you go on down just a little bit further. And it is good that he ought not to. Likewise, my brethren, my servants uh, might exact them of the money of my corn. I pray you let, let us leave all of this usury. In other words, hey, let's quit practicing. Let's, let's, all this interest you got on this, they can't pay what they got. And, and now they're dying. They're dying. I mean, hey, they're in a predicament now. So let's lay all this off. Let's get all this interest off of this. It's unfair. It's unjust. Restore, I pray you, to them. Even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, their houses. Also, the hundred part of the money. That hundred part, amen, most believers, 12%. All this interest that you made and all this, you know. Uh, uh, let, let me give you an example. Why I don't stand with some, some decisions that are trying to be made. Minimum wage. Let's go to $15. Let's jump it immediately to $15. Who's going to benefit the most from that? Individuals? Or those that collect taxes? They do everything by a percentage. And so now they won't tax you for your minimum wage you're making now. But they're going to tax you for the $15. 
Now, the business world is just going to up everything that's in the store to minimize, to pay that $15. So your $15 is not going to go as far as what you've got now. Because the value of a dollar, and here, watch this. Watch what's going on. They're trying to crash the economy of the American people and this nation. Because this, this economy has got to crash before they can become a one-world government, one-world currency. And so all of these are avenues and means and ways to crash it. It's got to destroy it. We've got to tear it down. And the root of all of this is the blessing, the favor of God, built on the word of God. There's a lot to it. When you really get to... And those that sit in these positions and places and all this makes the difference in the world. Right here, the reason they face this crime is being made is because the rulers and the nobles who had not done right, even for the cause of God. Now you've gave ammunition to the enemy. Shame and reproach us. Because how we have handled our own and letting them die. Instead of coming to the rescue. And helping them in a moment, a time of need. I know it's almost 11.30. So let, let me, uh, I'm going to flip kind of to the back of the, the book. Because here's, here's what we see. And I thank God for each one of you. Hey, this is a helping church. So this is not, and so this is your reward. This is your benefits. This is where you can say, you know what? And, and we've been taught. We do this, what? As unto the Lord. We don't do it for ourselves. Every time we reach out to others and every time we bless others, uh, even those, uh, you know, at times possible, you feel like, well, they don't deserve it, you know? Uh, they somebody comes by the church and uh, all they come by is money. Well, you know. <laughs> we can't be hard toward everybody. But you always remember something. He that shows mercy is going to receive mercy. But if we don't show it. And you know, it's, it's you know, if they got to meet our qualifications for us to show mercy. Come on, let's go back to the law. The gods, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. <laughs> but because of the weakness of flesh, we couldn't do it. Thank God for his mercy. His mercy. Time after time. Hey, that's the reason. I don't, listen to me this morning. It doesn't matter how many times you know, we backslide, we messed up, we dropped the ball, we've done it. His mercy. If we'll just be honest and sincere, say, Father, my heavenly Father, I need your mercy. I need your grace. And, but here's, here's what's it. Now, when times come for us to show mercy, he gave us a parable of it. Jesus Christ gave us a parable of the guy, you know, that this guy, you know, he, he owed a guy just a little bit. Or he owed a guy a whole lot. Hey, man, he didn't have it to pay and finally showed him mercy and let him go. He goes out on the street and he's got a little brother just owes him, you know, a few dollars. And he grabs him by the neck and chokes him down and throws him into prison. But we've all trespassed and come short. We're all, and I know I'm jumping a lot here, trying to, but when you spiritually speak and things of that nature, We've, we've all found ourselves at times and situations. I need mercy, God. I need your mercy. I, I need you to come. Amen. And, and the Bible made it clear right out, right out the gate this morning, out of Psalms. Amen. He's a refuge for those that are oppressed. He knows that we're no, we're no match for the devil. We're no match. The Bible says we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. And we don't make provision for the flesh. But I'm telling you, you're, you and I are no match for the devil. That's the reason we've got to have the Lord. We've got to have the Holy Ghost and Jesus to help us. And so as you watch the concluding conclusion of this lesson, and, and I apologize if I didn't get to touch a lot of it, I, I know, but, uh, but as, as we watch us 
amen, working our way toward the ending of this lesson. It goes into a lot of area of, uh, of, of, of what should take place and how we should respond to it, and especially at the end, amen, to, uh, of, um, of, of how it's going to work out. I'm not going to tell you through all of it, but if you can go back to Matthew, the 25th chapter, this is a chapter following up the 24th chapter, which deals a lot with end time. And uh, there's so many different uh, ideas about that, directions and, uh, you know, doctor, whatever you could be taught from that 24th chapter. But when you come to this 25th chapter, amen, and it starts dealing with the judgment, it starts dealing about the end time and, and when all of that's going to happen. You're going to notice the two groups of people. You're going to notice one group that felt like and thought, you know, that they was going to make it and, and uh, they was, everything was fine and uh, all that. And, but uh, they don't, they don't. They don't make it, <laughs> amen. They kind of become the goats, and uh, they fall to the, the wrong side. And they, they never saw, they never, listen to their message. They never saw God in his needs. Never recognized. Never, we never saw you hungry. We never saw you naked. We never saw you in prison. We never saw you sick. We didn't see you. But the other group, watch this. Watch what they're really saying. You know, they say the same things, but watch. It's different. It's different. Amen. As their response. So you pick up about the 34th church. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand. Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was and hungered. And he gave me meat. Now this is a king. This is a lord. This is God in a sense is doing the speaking here. I was hungered. Amen. And you came and gave me meat. I was thirsty. And he gave me drink. I was a stranger. And he took me in. Naked, and he clothed me. I was sick, and he visited me. I was in prison, and he came, came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, and thirsty, and gave thee drink, and saw thee as a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? And when saw we thee sick, and in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily or truly I say unto you, Inasmuch as he have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, he have done it unto me. Every time you and I show compassion, show mercy, and, and give, whatever it may be. Now he finishes up with James. I knew I was going to have to go there. You can't get around it. So we have to go to James as the half-brother of Jesus. He's the bishop in Jerusalem. And so he writes unto us in James, amen, the second chapter. And uh, if a brother or sister be naked, hmm, you know, praise God, that's, that's pretty severe. It's pretty tough. Amen. Destitute of daily food, that destitute means no, has no basic, no means, and no ways of attaining it, no resources to attain food. And one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, nevertheless, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doth it profit? Now, the topic, the subject, prior and after is faith. He's telling them, I'm going to show you my faith by my works. <clears throat> How do we know that Noah had faith? It never rained. Never been heard of. 
But he heard the voice of God, and he heard that judgment was coming, and God told him, said, hey, if you'll build an ark. And so he built an ark. He called a preacher right then. Regardless of the mockery, regardless of what everybody else, and the opinion of the rest of the world. That's the same way coming to God even now. You've got to come in a form and matter. Say, I want to hear the gospel. I want to believe the gospel. Regardless of the rest of the world and their opinion and ideas, God, I want to know you for myself. Because that's what this is all about. That's what was broken. That was what was broken in the garden was a fellowship with God. And he wants to bring that fellowship back, that companionship back. So we know faith by what? By works. How we know, how did Abraham attain the title father of faith? Because he took that begotten son, that son that he loved, that promised son. And obeyed the voice of God and took him up on the side of Mount Moriah and laid him on that altar and would have slew him had not the angel stepped in and said, Now I know. But how did he know that? His actions speak louder than words. He could have told God, I'll do it, but I know you don't mean what you're saying. I believe it, but I don't believe you want me to change any or change my actions or my deeds. Or... Actions. Actions changes. You see, when your actions change, that means the heart changes. See, the heart, the mouth can say a lot of things that never come from the heart. You worship me with your mouth, but not with your heart. Actions. And so genuine faith is what James is talking about here. It takes on action. I'll show you my faith by my works, by my action, by my response. If I see my brother and sister naked and destitute and no basic food and no housing center, I'm going to reach out to them. If I got the resources in my power, I'm going to bless them. I don't care if they deserve it or not. I don't care how many bad decisions they made. I don't care what they've done. I'm going to show them mercy. I'm going to show them compassion. Because I understand without his mercy and compassion of my heavenly father, I was in the same situation. And it's just been his favor that's blessed the labors of my hand. That helped me to have the skills and talents and the ability to do what I've done to earn what I've earned. I didn't get here by myself. His mercy and grace that rides with us every day. In every direction, every situation. This storm, you know, as much as it's destroyed trees and things. We still had to rejoice in it. Not one individual was hurt. Not one was killed. Could have been. That many trees, that many trees on houses and different things that transpired and took place. Just as easy. That have been lives snatched out. But God had mercy. God had mercy. <clears throat> so, now let's go back to the verse they used in contemplating the topic. You can stand. You can stand. I know we're living in a world today, and I'll just say it, because of drugs and alcohol and things of this, these type of elements, we're, we're, we're faced with a society, we're facing a world that's become more and more in, intoxicated with elements and situations. And we, you and I have got to be careful. You and I have got to be careful that not to let the wrong spirit get a hold of us and the wrong attitude get a hold of us and, 
and we start making statements and judgments and uh, unwilling to help, unwilling. Now, that's not true to this church. Y'all, y'all been, y'all, y'all awesome. You give and you bless. And so that ain't, ain't what I'm saying. The lesson's about this. And so let's, let's hear it. Sometimes we got to be reminded, make sure we won't go in that direction and we won't allow the, because all of this, to walk in error of the word of God, there's a spirit that forecome that, to lead us into that. Okay? You're born again, and if you've got the Holy Ghost, and you're, it was a spirit that caused you to be misled. That's when the blind lead the blind. Follow. So we've got to war off those spirits, we've got to war off those things. The mind, man, the mind's a very powerful thing. That's so your Bible promises the renewing of the mind on a daily basis. Not a physical body, but the mind. Man, you've got to keep your mind conditioned. You've got to keep your heart conditioned right. Because pitfalls. Because of bad fellowships and relationships and dealing with people. Dealing with the public. If we're not careful, we become hard. We become bitter. Even as Holy Ghost filled people, we can, we can become hurt even in the, the assembly itself, even by the leadership. If they'd have been on top of the game, I'd, I should have been here and I should have been doing that. And they, they just keep overlooking me. They don't care nothing. They don't care nothing about our children. If they care anything about our children, they'd be doing. Well, I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm more in the Holy Ghost right now. That's how the enemy works. And if we're not careful, even with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, man, we can speak like a Chinaman over here. But our actions is. Our actions. The countenance on our face. Says a different story. And so, in the world that we're living. In the times that we're living. And all the difficulties and hardships. That our nation, our world's facing. So in that same chapter, prior chapter, it talks about how that a brother becomes offended. And then after that offense, he reaches a place of hatred. Hate the individual. That's the reason sometimes you see spouses so in love at one point, at one time in their life, because of circumstance, situations, the devil or whatever, you know, multiple things. All of a sudden, before you know it, if they're not careful, they'll despise and hate one another. That same thing can happen to us toward God. Life, difficulties, trials. Some of us could have been just like some of those that was kind of in the rural areas that, uh, that may have felt they'd been forgotten. Maybe in a sense had because the rulers and the noble ones, man, they was doing great. They was eating every day. and Their, their children was fine. Their grandchildren. Go back and read it. Our sons is just like your children. Our children are just like your children. They have the same flesh. They got needs for life. Just like, what kind of pleasure are you going to get out of your child? You know, again, well, I hate, but I'm going to use this as an example. That's one of the things that irritated me about one of the things that was said, amen, about the cages. Locking up, now I'm not far locking up 500 children in cages. But don't, don't throw that at me when you're over here backing up abortion. Left and right, and everything it is within you. You tell me which one's the worst. Let millions die. Amen. Pulling him out of the womb. Don't even give him a chance of life. And you talk about 500 we just put in a cave. There's no comparison. What is 
right. But I'm telling you, that's the world. That's, that's where we're at. And that's the reason. But you've got to understand, things like this can happen. Thank God, Nehemiah, he knew how to respond. The first thing he done was checked himself. Before he even attacked the rulers and the noble ones, he checked himself. And so, here we are to show the love of God. Watch what this says. First John 3 and 17. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? We overcome evil by good. You don't overcome evil with evil. So the greatest thing that you and I can do is epistles, spiritual epistles, Holy Ghost vessels, is let the love of the Father, love of God, be a shed in our, our hearts by the Holy Ghost. That means we love when nobody else will love them. That means we'll show compassion when nobody else will show compassion. That means we'll lend a keeping hand, knowing that they don't really deserve it. But I'm not going to let them do without food. Now, you may have to take them to a place and literally buy the food. I mean, just use some sense. I don't give them cash money. We'll take them, we'll buy diapers for a kid. I'm not going to give you cash money and watch you ride right up the road where I know you go and just spend it on drugs. I'm not going to do that. I didn't help the kid at all. But I tell you what I do, we'll do. We'll take it right down here to General Dollar Store and we'll buy that baby some diapers. We'll buy some shoes to put on that baby. One time my own brother told me he was dealing with a situation and uh, this little child didn't have no, no shoes or nothing. So he took the child, took the child Went to General Dollar Store and said, man, said that kid didn't go not to the first toy. Went straight, got a pair of shoes and some clothes. He said, and I couldn't persuade the kid to buy a toy. She was so excited over the new shoes and the clothing. She didn't care nothing about the toys. Now that's a need. That's genuine. And I promise you, my brother would have, <laughs> he'd have bought, <laughs> I don't know how many pair or whatever. Just to watch that kid and to appreciate it. That's the same way with us. Trying to show that love. <laughs> you know, the world loves wrong. But our love goes deeper. We love even the unlovable. God help us. Because this is the only thing that can impact and turn this world around. And this, is not this the love that he showed us on the cross? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes should not perish. That's the love you and I have got to display. That's the love that we got. And let me, let me just finish this up with this. Words are cheap. Words are easy. They really are. Compared to the actions that we have to take sometimes. God loves us this morning. He really does. I love you. Good church. Good community. I'm still not interested. 
regardless of who comes, I'm not interested in moving to another nation. How about you? I, I love this nation. I love this country. You know, we got some good people. And, you know, and that's the way we're going to look at this. Hallelujah. We're going to ask God to help us and to bless us and to help us please Him. Help us please Him. Help us walk with Him. Amen. We need the help of the Holy Ghost to know, to know, and to please Him. And again, let me, let me put it out there again. And sometimes you may look at the individual that the Holy Ghost may be prompting you or the opportunity. Another place to write, as opportunity comes and you have it in your possession, what are you going to do with it? How are you going to invest it? How are you going to invest it? Okay? Love you. Appreciate you. Uh, come back tonight. We're just going to expect a good move of the Holy Ghost and a good touch of God. What a good touch in the house today. And just ministering to us the Word of God. The Word of God. Hey, you know, hey, this is not bottle this morning. <laughs> this is meat. This here, choke you or you'll swallow it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.